0: And welcome to Time and Attention, the podcast dedicated to helping you become a better, more intentional human being. I'm the co-host of this show, Chris Bailey. This is episode number one hundo in six. Naps. Naps. Naps.
1: I see you didn't decide to change up the intro this episode.
0: Oh, I forgot. Well, that's the thing. We do them every two weeks and you forget in between. We well, did. I didn't na- forget.
1: That's Ah, all you. Maybe my memory is better because I take naps.
0: Maybe. Maybe you have a (laughs) greater cognitive ability. So we just put a a guest bed in your office. Yeah. And you have been working from home a little bit, as you do.
1: Yeah. I usually work from home about two days a week. Yeah.
0: And are you taking naps on those days that you're working from home?
1: Not every day. Are you
0: sleeping on the job? No, no,
1: no, no, no. Because, okay, there are a couple of things I want to highlight here. Because we So yes, we just got a guest bed, which we've never had one before, and it happens to be put in my office because I don't use my office every day, and so it's the best use of the space we have. And I guess two or three weeks ago, I was still recovering from COVID a little bit, and I was... I hit like a total productivity wall in the Mm. middle of the afternoon. So like around one or two PM. And I am not a big proponent of naps. Or I guess I haven't historically been a big nap uh, taker. Are
0: you saying you're a new newly converted? No, I'm not converted. uh, That's the
1: whole point of this episode. Because I was so tired in the middle of the afternoon, it was like one o'clock, and my productivity just hit a total wall. Mm. And so I very uncharacteristically took a nap. And yeah. I mean, this is something I've done occasionally, but like very rarely. And I found I was so much more productive mm. after this 20-minute nap. I had a cup of green tea, took a 20-minute nap, and I woke up and I felt so good. And I had such a good afternoon. Like I just powered through my code. It was just an awesome day.
0: Oh, you did a caffeine nap.
1: I did a caffeine nap, which we'll talk about. Okay. But okay. I, after that nap, I've been totally stuck with this question. Like, was that just a particular instance in time that it was a really effective way for me to kind of get back into gear after being really tired? Or is this like an actual does taking a nap actually improve productivity? Yeah.
0: So we looked at the, the data. We, we did. Looked at We looked at the research. I, yes, so we did. You don't have to.
1: So that was the whole motivation for this episode because I, I really do want to answer the question, like, can a nap boost your productivity? Because I think the other thing here is that if you're going to take a nap in the middle of the day, that inherently means you're like, you're going to lose that time working. And so my question is like, is the cost of like taking this nap worth the benefits or potential benefits? And I don't even know what the benefits actually are.
0: Well, this is the thing with all productivity advice too, is for every minute you spend on it, how many minutes do you get back? Mm -hmm. Uh, Because some uh, some of the returns out there are quite minimal, Uh, you know, where every minute you spend on some strategy, maybe you get 30 seconds back. Uh, So where does nap, napping fall on that? Did, I guess there's no way to get to an exact number. Oh man, would, I tried. There, uh, yeah. It does not exist. <laughs> well, it depends on, on the work entirely, right? It depends the how, conditions, right? Yeah. It depends how much autonomy you have. It depends how rote the work is. It depends how much uh, brain power the work takes. Mm-hmm. And so what what did you find?
1: Okay. So some context, yeah. the number of people who nap, like already nap, Varies widely by mm. country, right? So there's this like pretty, almost every study I read refers back to this 1989 book that reports or cites that between 36 to 80% of people, which is a huge range, um, nap at least once a week.
0: They could just, they could basically say zero to 100% at that range. Yeah. I mean, yeah. the
1: confidence interval here has got to be wide. Yeah. But all that to say, and it gets Nerd. a lot more common
0: as you get older. And so
1: a little part of me as we're talking about this is wondering, am I just getting to an age where I want to nap more? Like, oh, is this an age thing? You're just getting old. I actually think that's not true though, because I remember telling, even in my undergraduate degree, so I was in my very early 20s, maybe still late teens. I might've been 19. I remember telling all of my friends that I really thought there would be a market for a kind of safe, easy way to nap on campus. Because people napped on campus all the time, but you would just be sitting at some random chair. And I always thought there would be such a, a nice, it would be such a nice feature of a campus to offer like a napping room.
0: You know what people would end up doing in there.
1: I know, and that's why I think it doesn't exist. They would end up
0: studying because that's what you do on campus. <laughs>
1: I was thinking there are other things that people might end up doing if you had napping pods oh, on like campuses. like on their
0: phones or something, being on their sure, phones. Sure, sure, honey. Yeah. Yes, okay. that's
1: exactly what I mean. But okay. all that to say, I know there are reasons for why this is not happened. Like it's probably very difficult to make it safe and hygienic and whatever. But the point is that even in my 20s or late teens, I thought this was a good idea. So I don't think it's just that I'm getting old. I hope it's not that I'm just getting old. But I think this is something I've been thinking about for a long time, but I've never actually looked at the data. So that's where this very recent nap and having access to much easier napping now that there's literally a comfortable space in my office to take a nap. I'm curious, like, will this actually, would napping more regularly because I'm not a regular napper, would it make me more productive on, on net? So after taking into account the cost of the nap. Yeah. Um, I think the results are, well, it kind of depends, which is so unsatisfying, but I think, so we'll we'll highlight a bunch of the research that we looked at in the show notes. There are a couple of review papers and a couple of other like really specific papers that looked at, um, for example, the benefits of napping in really high risk environments, like pilots, for example. Mm. So these are people who are regularly very fatigued and fatigue really affects your alertness. And so... All that to say, we'll we'll show some really fun data in the in the show notes.
0: Hopefully the pilot study wasn't done in situ.
1: No, no, no. There was there was no, it was not in in the actual flight. They weren't testing this with like people on board. But all that to say, what do we know about naps? Because everybody has everybody has their family members who routinely nap. They have people who will swear that they would never nap. But what do we actually know? Mm-hmm. And so, I think the first thing is that Yes, we know pretty conclusively from all of the review literature that cognitive performance, particularly things about like your ability to be alert, like your alertness, um, they do improve after an app. Not permanently, and we'll talk about this. This is not a forever kind of improvement. It's not for the rest of the day. Um, And these do tend to hold regardless of age or gender. So there are some differences, and some of the meta-analyses do highlight that there are differences in like, for example, I saw one note that one study that found that women were more likely to have improvements in memory after a nap compared to male counterparts. Obviously, this is not like cut and dry; it's not going to be a hundred percent true for everybody. Um, Did
0: they account for whether somebody was in a sleep deficit?
1: Mm, so that's the one thing that these a lot of the researchers focus on people with. I mean, some of the studies are like extreme
0: where people have not
1: slept in 56 hours. Oh,
0: well, of course a nap will help in Yeah, the and that's
1: the other thing. I mean, some of the pilot studies show that these were helpful when fatigue was a factor. And so that's another part where like the benefits associated with a nap are way better or way higher yeah. when you are a little bit more fatigued. Mm, and so this is sense. not necessarily the best strategy if you're not fatigued. And that's yeah. where things like it depends comes into play. Mm. Where like, what are you actually trying to focus on later on? What is the What are your current states? Like if, if, it's, yeah. if it's the fact that you're tired that is limiting your ability to focus or work right now, then yeah, a nap might be the right way. So all that to say that it depends, really depends on a whole bunch of factors. And that includes things like the nap itself.
0: Interesting. And I, I remember writing about sleep back in the day. I've, I've never really... Written too much about naps for some. well, do you nap no, but I do get a lot of sleep um fortunate to be able to do so and to have uh you know the ability to work for myself and start working um, whenever I want and work a bit later if I want to, but um the kind of golden rule I personally follow with sleep is for every hour of sleep I miss out on um, past that eight hour kind of minimum threshold of sleep for myself, I find that's what I need uh, I consider myself to be losing two hours of productivity the next day. Um, And so there is that productivity cost overall. And it's such a a, a rough approximation that there's no way it's accurate, but that's kind of the rule of thumb that I use. When I miss one hour of sleep, that's two hours of lost productivity. It's kind of a Mm -hmm. nice frame for it. So I could see how a nap that gets you up to that uh, minimum sleep threshold that you would need would have these cognitive benefits because they let you earn back time. There's that golden rule of productivity advice. You have to earn back the time that you spend on it.
1: Yeah. And that's again where this there are differences, especially across age. So how much it brings you actually back up to your baseline. It does seem to depend a little bit on age. And so all that to say yes, your condition, so whether or not it's the fact that you're tired that is making you have cognitive impairment yeah. in some way, then yeah, a nap it would be really beneficial or can has the potential to be really beneficial. Yeah. But it also depends on like what time of day it is, where in your circadian rhythm you are. So for example, a lot of the kind of meta-analyses show that if you have a nap that's kind of earlier in the afternoon, so Basically, not after two p.m. Although that's totally going to depend on individual, um, like circadian rhythms and kind of twenty-four hour clocks. Um, in the, in those cases when it's before two p.m. roughly, um, that tends to be more effective. So the impact is more pronounced for people who tend to take naps in that that time period. Also for naps that are. I mean, there's a kind of a, an impact as, as the nap gets longer. This thing called sleep inertia kicks in, right? Where this ability or it's sleep inertia basically refers to this difficulty of kind of thinking. <laughs> You're like, you really can't think or perform as effectively because you just woke up, right? Everybody mm. knows that feeling yeah. when you wake up from a nap, especially if it was like a really long nap, you have more sleep inertia. And so a lot of the, the studies show that as you have a lot, your length of your nap increases this sleep inertia lasts for longer. Mm. And so if you want to take a nap and say, oh, I have a meeting in an hour, I'm going to take a half an hour or a 45-minute nap, well, you might need to give yourself a little bit more time than that 15 minutes to kind of reawaken, I guess, or be back to your kind of peak performance. And so one of the things that a lot of these papers highlighted is that If you're going to take a nap for more than half an hour or so, you need to leave about a half an hour to get kind of away from that sleep inertia. And so this kind of 20 to 30 minutes, yeah, um, it seems to be a kind of sweet spot for in terms of length too. So that's where the benefits are maybe kind of optimized where you won't need to take as much time after a 20-minute nap to get over this sleep inertia.
0: Interesting. And And that kind of maps on top of other research on circadian rhythm where we experience about 20 to 30 minutes of tiredness for every 90 minute period of higher energy. Hmm. And so we've talked about taking breaks over the course of the day, which should be equal roughly to 20, 25% of our workday, because that's the same ratio of this tiredness to energetic um, kind of rhythm that we follow through that's mapped to the circadian rhythms of our own body. And so it, it, uh, you know you could pause it to say that a nap is the exact same thing mm. where twenty to thirty minutes for every ninety minute of of uh, wakefulness you know maybe after about ninety minutes of work or so or uh, of activity you find that you're a bit tired. You hit a wall. And so that's the perfect time. Another 20, 25, 30 minutes, depending on, I, I would say, how quickly you fall asleep uh, yeah. so that you don't get into the deeper sleep stages where the sleep inertia is more uh, prevalent. Uh, so you know, if you fall asleep quickly, maybe 20, 25 minutes. If not, maybe 30 minutes is the a good nap length.
1: I love that. Yeah. So, I mean, getting back to those two questions, like Does a nap make you more productive? I think the answer is it certainly can. Um, It's not, I guarantee, like if you take a two and a half hour nap, it's probably not going to make you feel more productive because it's very (laughs) long. You're going to have a lot of sleep inertia. Plus you've lost most of your afternoon. Uh, That's that's a lot
0: of time to have to make back. Yeah, Yeah. and that
1: gets into the second question, right, of whether or not the costs associated with taking a nap, Mm. meaning like the time that you lose, are they going to be justified by the improvement in performance? Yeah. And that's where it's going to really depend on your particular factory situation. Like, mm. are you just tired? Like, is that why you can't focus really well? Then perhaps yeah, a nap would be really effective. Um, did you just take a whole big coffee? Like, did you drink a big glass of coffee or a cup of coffee an hour ago? Well, then a nap probably won't work because you won't fall asleep very well. Mm-hmm. Um, but also like maybe if it's not something that you're not just sleepy, maybe taking a break or going for a quick walk would be a much better way to mm-hmm. use a 20-minute break. So I think the answer is, are the costs justified? It really depends on your situation and how long until like what you're doing after the nap too. If it's something that's going to require a lot of alertness, a lot of focus, then taking a nap can definitely improve your performance on those kinds of ta- tasks. After the nap.
0: Yeah, you know, much like a lot of productivity advice, it depends on the breakdown of. Cognitive versus rote work, mm-hmm. so the cognitive work being this deep work, the where we hunker down on it, we we think deeply, we focus deeply, we do something for maybe a longer period of time, so that we can you know really understand the complexity of something, wrap our head around it, and mold it into the direction that we want, and then there 's the rote stuff, a uh, data entry, you know uh, typing up just responses to simple emails, filing things away. Um, Cognitive performance is affected more by naps than rote performance. Rote, we can do it by um, by a- autopilot mode. We can just kind of do it without thinking much. We can even listen to a podcast or a TV show at the same time. But when you want to do that deep work, um, napping.
1: Mm-hmm. That kind of hints out. at what we talked about last week too, or two weeks ago, about multitasking. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: Exactly. Oh, one, one thing to mention on the cost-benefit side is... When we are working in a, a state of sleep deprivation, we actually assess our productivity to be higher than it is. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we sometimes you know do more activity and that sends a signal to the evaluating part of our mind that our increased level of busyness is actually more productivity, more accomplishment, but yeah, productivity is about the difference we're able to make. It's about what we are able to meaningfully make a difference with uh, because we lived or worked uh, a day of our life. And when you actually look at the cognitive uh, effects of naps, it really um, they really do help us in that regard.
1: Yeah. And I should note a lot of the studies or all of the studies we talked about today are really focused on people who come from a healthy background and who have regular sleep wake schedules. So this is not going to be applicable to everybody, right? If you don't fall into those categories for any kind of reason, then some of this won't apply to you for sure. So just a caveat on that, I think that's really important in the research is like it doesn't speak for everybody, right? And so, um, but if you do fall into a camp where you have the ability to to take a nap in the middle of the day, if, I mean, especially with so many people working from home these days, um, if you find that you are tired because maybe you didn't get enough sleep or for whatever reason, you're you're finding sleep is affecting your ability to, to do your work, then a quick nap can be, uh, improve your productivity for yeah. the afternoon.
0: And mm-hmm. one, one other thing, you know, we talk about scatter focus a bit on the podcast. This mental state where we essentially deliberately let our mind wander, uh, so it i unearths, unearths ideas so we can plan for the future. This is the mode that your mind goes into when you're taking a shower. And all these ideas come up. You think about the future. You connect the past to the present to the future. And the fascinating thing about sleeping, napping, uh, dreaming uh, is that all of these are neural correlates to to daydreaming. Uh, And so when our mind wanders throughout the day, the activity during that mind-wandering episode, it looks like a a less exaggerated version of actually dreaming. And so Mm. if you have a lot of creative work where the approach matters, where thinking about the future matters, obviously we have to capture the ideas that arise during the dreaming session uh, so they don't evaporate into the ether. But you know, there's a lot of stories. Um, Who was it that fell asleep holding a handful of marbles Over a metal plate. I think it was Einstein. Mm, I want to say. I was going to say
1: Newton, but that's probably wrong too. I don't know.
0: It's fascinating how this scatter focus mode is very much like the mode that we enter into when we dream, when we nap, when we otherwise just kind of rest and wander. So we do get the creative benefits in addition to the productivity benefits there too.
1: Backtracking one second here. Yeah, Scientific American says it was Thomas Edison oh. who did this like trick where he slept with a bunch of marbles or orbs above a orbs. S- above a metal wow. plate, and they would make a noise when he woke him up. When he fell asleep, because <sighs> he would drop the the orbs. Do you buy that? I don't know. It seems like one of those things <laughs> where Mark Twain gets uh, yeah. attributed to everything. <laughs> yeah, so <who> exactly. Knows?
0: <laughs> like the, the more interesting a stat is, the more likely it is to spread, regardless of whether or not it's true. So, well, we, we don't know if the Edison thing is true, uh, but it's a, an interesting idea nonetheless.
1: So, are you going to start taking naps?
0: Well, I guess if I feel fatigued. Yeah, that's the right answer. (laughs) Yeah, that that seems to be what the research suggests to that when you have sleep pressure and when you have a sleep deficit, uh, then naps are most beneficial, but maybe they don't have additive benefits beyond that point where if you get eight and a half hours, nine hours, 10 hours of sleep every day, um, imagine getting 10 hours a day. Uh, But if you get that much, maybe it doesn't have the the same effect as if you have this sleep deficit, you have this fatigue, you have this thing that to overcome, then you might benefit from the added energy. Is that your read?
1: Yeah. I think it also depends on what you're hoping to achieve after, right? If you're focused on something that really requires alertness and attention, taking a nap can be helpful, but not overdoing it because you're going to face that sleep inertia is really important. So it all comes down to timing, I think. But all that said, this did not convert me to becoming like a regular napper. Reading
0: the research. Reading the research huh. did
1: not make me think, oh, I absolutely have to take a nap every day. It made me think, huh. oh, it's just another tool that on particular days when I think that will be really beneficial, yeah, I'll do it, take a nap. I won't be averse to it though.
0: Yeah. Well, it's yeah. nice to know there's actual mm-hmm. research on the topic too. Well, oh,
1: there's so much research. One thing I am surprised with, and this is, I guess, coming from the social sciences where... I tend to work with really large data sets. I cannot believe how small some of these samples are in medical studies i think that's always something i'm really surprised about where in the meta-analyses they show every study in the size of the sample from the original study it's always just so surprising how few uh, observations are in some medical studies well
0: if they're tracking sleep quality though that gets expensive oh yeah yeah
1: it's super hard to do like research that involves regular like people interacting with a lot of people so yeah yeah that's expensive but i just sometimes i'm i'm shocked i guess How small some of these medical studies are But all that to say I mean these are still They use lots of really good methods You can read them all in the paper But I think that uh, kind of wraps this subject up
0: No 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 We didn't talk about the coffee nap
1: Oh yeah Last little (laughs) tip If you want to take a nap And you really want to bring Kind of a next level level of focus And awareness to your work After you wake up Mm -hmm. There was Was Daniel Pink? I think he
0: popularized Yeah It was in the book
1: When, where he talks about taking a caffeine nap, where if you drink a kind of cup of tea or cup caffeinated tea or coffee or take some kind of source of caffeine and then take, I guess, yeah, and then take a quick nap, you can have even like all the benefits of a nap plus the benefits of caffeine, right? Because it takes a little while for a cup of caffeine to kick in. And so if you drink this or consume caffeine and then immediately nap, you get the benefits of both.
0: Yeah. Drink a cup of coffee, then set a timer, 20, 25 minutes. This is what Dan recommends. Uh, This length of nap is the sweet spot. It takes the average person seven minutes to fall asleep. Hmm. Did you know that? I did not. On top of this, we feel groggy, usually, if we nap for 30 minutes or more. Unless you get a whole sleep cycle in, which takes about 90 minutes, I presume. Uh, We're best rested and least groggy when we nap for 10 or 20 minutes, Hmm. turns out. If you fall asleep easily, set a timer for 20 minutes. It takes you a bit longer, set a timer for 25. So yeah, you get the boost of the caffeine. You get the boost of a nap as well. All right, there, there you, you go. go. There you go. So try the coffee nap. Nap early before one or two. Mind that a sleep deficit will make you feel more productive than you actually are. Remember that zero to 100% of people nap At some point in their life. (laughs) Remember, there's a lot of research, but it seems to point to the idea that uh, fatigue is what naps help with and sleep deficits and sleep pressure uh, are what naps help with. And uh, there you go. Anything else to add? Nothing. No? No.
1: No, I'm going to go sleep it off.
0: Maybe some sleep <laughs> it off, sleep it off. Maybe some people, some people use our podcast as a sleep aid.
1: I mean, I feel like that's a pretty common thing—people using podcasts to fall asleep. Yeah. It's like being read to when you're a kid, but yeah. now you're a grown-up, I guess. And it's nice to have something, somebody talking to you as you fall asleep.
0: Yeah, I suppose so. Well, ho- hopefully, you have enjoyed the uh, soporific dulcet tones of another episode of Time.
1: Attention.
0: Hey, you took the bait. I
1: did. We're
0: like a bad newscast where yeah. we share the lines.
1: No, we're not going <laughs> to do that. Don't worry. No,
0: we, we won't do that going forward. But it's great to have you join us for another episode Time and Attention.fm is where you can find uh, links to subscribe. You can find all of the episodes in our uh, podcast history, the podcast catalog, the podcast archives. There's a lot of good stuff there, Ricky. You can scroll through your podcast player of choice. Links to everything we talked about will be in the show notes. And we hope you have a wonderful week and we will see you
1: not falling for the bait. Okay,
0: in a couple Tuesdays.
1: Bye.